Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Hey, I um, got to tell you, um, I uh, am fortunate to have on the line with me my good friend, Professor Henry Louis Gates, and also joining him is uh, Professor Andrew Curran, who is the William Armstrong Professor of Humanities at Wesleyan University and uh, also a fellow in the history of medicine at New York Academy of Medicine. I got an author of of, of many other other books. And gentlemen, thank you so much. I I, got to tell you, uh, professors, I'm very intimidated. I am very intimidated (laughs) (laughs) with both of you brilliant men here. But I... um, I, I, I've been going through the book, Who's Black and Why? A Hidden Chapter from the 18th Century Invention of, of Race. Um, and it comes out today, if I'm not mistaken, this, uh, this day, the 22nd. Uh, who That's wants right. To, who wants to start? Um, the Invention of Race? So I'll start with this question. Race was invented? <laughs> well, Joe, good morning. The idea of you're intimidated is uh, it made me bust out laughing because we're intimidated by by the breath of your wisdom, my brother. So it's great yeah, okay. to be back on your program. And <laughs> Thank I'm you. happy to, to introduce my friend and colleague, Andrew Curran, to all the devoted listeners of, of the Black Eagle um, marvelous show. This all happened 300 years ago. It is an incredible story. In the late summer of 1739, the illustrious members of the Bordeaux Royal Academy of Sciences, that's in France, announced, Joe, a Europe-wide essay contest. And they wanted people to explain why black people were black and why their hair had the texture that it had. What was the the cause of dark skin and uh, curly hair among African populations. Now, they promised the winner of the essay contest a gold medal worth um, uh, roughly a worker's annual salary in France at that time. So it took two years to get the essay. Sixteen people responded. And, uh, Joe, the, the essay writers came from as far away as Germany, Sweden, and Ireland. Now, they, when they, but when they came in, the members of the academy read all the essays. They debated it and decided that none was original enough or smart enough um, to to get the gold medal. And so they didn't award the prize. They took all these essays and um, put them in their archives, with the, which were then transferred to the archives of the city of Bordeaux, where they have languished since 1741. And a few years ago, a woman um, that I work with named Karen Dalton came to me about 10 years ago and told me this incredible story. Joe, this was like the Dead Sea Scrolls for black people, the Dead Sea Scrolls for black history. That European philosophs, you know, the most sophisticated thinkers, had been charged with explaining why our African ancestors were black and why our hair was kinky. (laughs) And... Um, they, they, no one knew about this. Very few scholars had 
um, written about it or even knew that these essays were, were buried in the vault. And so uh, when Karen Dalton asked me if I would uh, collaborate with her in this, I said, yeah. But unfortunately, Karen, my dear friend, um, uh, had a stroke. Um, now, and she recovered, but she was not able to participate in this work. So I did some reading, and I learned that there was a scholar at Wesleyan University named Andrew Curran who knew about these essays, and I reached out to him, a brilliant scholar, told him the same story I told you, asked him if he would collaborate with me. And today, for the first time since 1741, the world can read these 16 essays, which are written in yes. French or in Latin, yeah. and we have provided an analysis, a translation, an annotation, contextualization, <laughs> and we uh, explain <laughs> the history of – it's not only the history of race. It's the history of racism, Joe, yes. because when Andy tells yeah. you about what's in these essays, you're going to know why we've been climbing up the mountain of racism that we've been climbing up it, since the height of the Enlightenment. You, you know, a Professor Curran, I, I, I'm going to focus on one chapter that it just caught my attention, um, uh, a slave ship surgeon on the crossing. And I was, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, I know that this, uh, that you, now I understand why an author and a scholar of your, of, of your caliber uh, you, there was a lot of medical um, information that had to be interpreted. Did you find that difficult? Because you're you're a scholar in that area. Yeah. Well, anyway, first, good morning, Joe. It's it's really an honor, as Skip said, to be on your show. It's really wonderful, and to to talk with such a huge and uh, interesting audience about this. If I could just make a couple of points here, you know, uh, sure. this is that this book is a. I think really uh, kind of a departure from uh, existing kind of scholar exist, existing scholarship because it's a vertical slice of time, and very often when we tell history, we look at it in, in a horizontal fashion. And here we've got this kind of core sample of what all these different people were thinking and all the contradictions and the fight about race in 1741, and that's what really makes it so fascinating. And and to get back to an earlier question about, you know, where race came from, yes, it was invented. We have to remember this is an invention, a spurious invention. It really doesn't exist. As uh, Skip pointed out in his article in the New York Times uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did it together, but he really wrote about DNA and the fact that there is no medical kind of basis for race. And even though in the NFL today, for example, people were using race norming to change the way that uh, eligibility standards for NFL players who had concussions. All of this stuff can be tied to this huge genealogy that starts around 1750, and this is what this book is about. It's really the moment when people shifted from talking about human varieties to human races, and human variety is a botanical metaphor. It's something people use to talk about flowers, for example, and hybridization, the fact that everything's interrelated. And race is a, an idea that corresponds to kind of biology and zoology and lineages and biology uh, in a kind of fixed determinist kind of way. And so mm -hmm. this is what's happening in 1750, which is so important. And medical, to get to your final question, the medical side of this is so, so important. And this is a, a scientific academy that has doctors in it. And you're referring to a second contest, which is in the book. There's a 1741 contest on skin and hair. Mm -hmm. And then by 1772, which is a time when you start thinking about 
uh, people are starting thinking about how bad the slave trade is. And medical people and scientists stop, start actually worrying about the fact that uh, maybe this is not a good idea to have a slave trade. The, 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 the Academy of Sciences, the same Academy of Sciences from Bordeaux, had a second contest on how to make essentially the middle passage safer. And this was really uh, – they got three, essay, uh, three essays from, from three different kind of medical practitioners at this time. Right. And it's a horrifying kind of idea. It's how to make this, how to make a, 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 essentially an enlightened slavery practice where uh, things would be safer. And this, of course, would make uh, ship owners uh, earn more money on the, on the actual tra- slave trade. And, and we have to remember here that Bordeaux was a major slave trading city in the 18th century, which is um, something that we talk about in the book. We contextualize the whole thing. It's almost like a microcosm of the whole story of race and slavery mm. by looking at this one city. It is. Yeah, it, Joe. Um, they, yes, go they, ahead. They, yeah. they issued this second competition. To, to put it bluntly, 15% of our African ancestors were dying on the, in the Middle Passage, right? Okay. And so they wanted to make it more profitable for the, the, the slave traders. So they issued a call saying, how can we keep these Africans alive while we're torturing them in this cla- in the claustrophobia and dehydrating environment of the slave ship? It was scandalous. But yeah, I, I want to share with you some of the, um, the explanations of why Africans were black that came in <laughs> in the essay uh, competition. They, um, some essays came from religious thinkers who interpreted the Old Testament story that you know of how the descendants of Noah's son, Ham, had been cursed uh, because Ham looked upon Noah's nakedness. Remember right. that story from the Old Testament, right? Right, and right. So his son, Canaan, was cursed to be a servant of servants, and eventually— over time, that um, passage from the Bible was interpreted as a curse of blackness. So that was one explanation, that we're black because of what Ham did, and Ham looked upon his drunken father's naked body. Um, another contest, a contestant also drew from the Bible, um, who, and he said that there had been more than one Adam. There was a white Adam, but there was also a black Adam whose seed was the original source of his children's darkened color. And then, get ready for this, one guy said that blackness, our blackness came from the vapors that emanated from the skin. One said that the power of a pregnant mother's imagination had imprinted the color blackness on her child and her descendants. One said that blackness came from darkened sperm, that black men had uh, a sperm of a different color than a white man, one said that the stifling heat and humidity, or several did, of the tropics stained the skin and, and clouded um, the humors. One said that black people had different color blood and bile, Joe, that um, Africans had black blood and black bile, and that that made um, the color of um, African skin. Uh, black. So this is just some of the amazing, uh, crazy interpretations that were offered to explain the blackness of the African people. Now, now, uh, then let me ask you, uh, uh, Professor Curran, wow. So was, were these essays, <laughs> were these essays locked away 
they should have been, but, <laughs> but but were they locked away or, or what what happened to them? Um, I mean, once it was out there, because obviously this was a select group of individuals. I hate to even use the word scholar, but it is what it is. Were they locked away or, or what? Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, um, uh, when I was uh, running around the archives uh, a few years ago before the pandemic, um, I wanted to see what went down during the meeting where they where they uh, were discussing these things. And I actually okay. found in a different archive, I found um, an assessment of this thing. Unfortunately, the, the secretary at the time was either drunk or something because it, it, the, the, uh, <laughs> the document was huh. entirely illegible. So we really don't know exactly what went down, what went down during the discussion. Wow. But but um, uh, clearly, as uh, Skip was saying, I think that there was a, a, um, a general consensus that maybe these things were not were not there was not a perfect answer for race okay. at that point. Uh, Skip made a great point one time, kind of off the cuff. We were just talking about this, and he said that you know I think that the reason this contest was not adjudicated, they didn't give a prize, is that is that that all the different ideas associated with race hadn't crystallized yet. And it really crystallizes about 15 or 20 years later that someone would have given a much more coherent answer. At this point, there was all these answers, all these different naturalist kind of physical explanations yeah. for blackness. But no one had really identified the thing that was going to be the thing uh-huh. that turned out to be race completely. And I think that was a really brilliant kind of, uh, um, kind of observation. Yeah. Because we don't ha- we don't know exactly what happened, but they just kind of stuck them in the archives. And and that, the, the the fascinating thing about this whole this whole question is that these people may not have thought it was interesting, but to us, looking back at this, it's an absolute goldmine because we can. It's like a focus group. We can really see what people were thinking, not just what one person was thinking, but what sixteen people were thinking all over Europe. And that's why it's been just just such yeah. a great discovery for us to go back it's changed the way we're, we looked at the history of race this this book i think yeah yes and, and yes and, and go, go, yeah go ahead uh, well i love uh, a very important point <clears throat> um, the, um to add to what andy's uh, observation is that essay number eight in the book um uh, makes the claim which everyone in that at that time accepted really that joe uh, what he called a pleasant whiteness a pleasant whiteness of skin is the original color or prototype of the human community. And then we now know that the original human beings came out of From East Af- Africa. Thank you. It was just the opposite, that whiteness degenerated from blackness, as it were, but he claimed that blackness degenerated from whiteness, that the original <laughs> human beings were white, and then for all these crazy reasons, either because they got roasted in the sun or they developed, because of climate and diet, their blood turned black and their, their yeah. bile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, see, he's so nice. I'm glad he's there because I would have said poop, but I'm, see, I'm not the intellectual. <laughs> But <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But let me take that. And by the way, for everybody, Professor Gates is with us, and 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 his uh, collaborator on a new book. It's out today, by the way. Please, everybody, you, wherever good books are sold, who's black and why? And I got to tell the two of you, professors, the thing I so appreciate is you were able to translate it so that the average person can read it and then go, what? 
and, and I take it you I take it you had to work with a translator on this. Let me give you an example, everybody. I, I, I'm looking at part two, uh, slave ship surgeon on the crossing. Harm, now get this: the harmful effects of clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. said, Negroes go about naked in their own country. <laughs> children wear children wear very. Now this is what folks are writing. Children mm-hmm. wear very little, and they can be left this way on board. They're talking about slave ship. Uh, yeah. If they, yeah. if, by the way, if they were to wear clothes, the dirtiness, the vermin, and humidity, which is retained in sweaty clothing, could increase the corruption of the air. And and, by, and yeah. now get this now by, and now they now hold on a second. The the sailors are wearing the crews are wearing clothes, duh, uh, and it says they will not. And, and I love this. They will not feel cold without clothes during the crossing. Indeed, quite the contrary. I, I, I mean, I went, huh? This this is what. And these were folk. You, you want to resp- and there's much more scurry and and scurvy and. And, um, you know, all kind of the, the way doctors, the me- and these are medical people in part, right, the, right the Professor Curran? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, that's a, it's absolutely true. You can look back and see the really nefarious role that science played in creating race. Like, you know, even when it comes down to something like clothing or vermin yeah. or infections and stuff, they're creating separate categories as if what happens to white people or Asians or blacks are all separate different things. So the same natural phenomena would actually have different effects on different groups of people. And this is one of the things mm-hmm. that creates race through, through medicine. And I think that one of the scariest parts, you, you, you've mentioned a few scary things about this second contest. But one of the scariest parts is the way they, they conceived of the contest. And they said the person who wins this contest will be one of our great humanists. So they really thought that this was something that was going to be really uh, providing a service to humankind by uh, improving the slave trade. The, the, the kind of the rhetoric being used to talk about this thing is very unsettling. Yeah, and that's the point. The point I want everybody to understand, but I hope it's obvious, is that both these essay contests were really – their subtext was about legitimizing the enslavement of millions of yeah. black people. Right. In throwing them and justifying right. their capture, uh, being deposited in slave ships, transported across the Atlantic Ocean, and relocated for the exploitation of their labor in North America, the Caribbean, and South America. Between 1501 and 1866, 12.5 million Africans were um, put on slave ships. 15% died in the Middle Passage. 10.7 million get off the boats. And we are descended, everyone black listening to Joe's program, that, you are descended from one of those survivors, and yeah. especially the 388,000 that arrived directly from Africa to what is now the United States. Yeah. I Look, everybody, and, and here the book is titled Who's Black and Why, edited by... Henry Louis Gate Jr. and Professor Andrew Curran. 
Uh, I, gentlemen, a hidden chapter from the 18th century invention of race. And, and, you know, I know you had to work with interpreters and to put this together. But I got to tell you, and I say this to my audience, um, th- th- this is the kind of book that you don't have to read it, sit down and read it cover to cover. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but what I found interesting, I could go to this chapter or that chapter, uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, and, and it was each chapter was, was standalone. And it would, is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You can read through it. And what you got to read our introduction, though. That's mandatory. <laughs> now, now why, why, why is that, Professor? Because we walk you through. Uh, we analyze each argument in the 16 essays and tell you its significance and how implicitly it contributed to the oppression of our people during slavery and since. This is the root. This is how it all started. This, this is how yeah, Europeans yeah. justified the exploitation of other yeah. human beings, Joe, by declaring them fundamentally, naturally biologically through an act of God different than white people. Yeah. And that is the leitmotif of this book. All right. Uh, Professor Curran, thank you so much. I'm glad you and my buddy here hooked up. Uh-huh. Uh, now, I'm now I've got, now, I, as I always tell Professor Gates, every time I have him on, I feel like I owe him tuition. Uh, and, and, and now, to be honest, I feel like I owe two tuitions here <laughs> with both of That's you. Great. No, thank you very, very much. And thank you for breaking it down the way you did uh, and the way you wrote it and edited it. Uh, the book is Who's Black and Why? Uh, and it's out today. It's out today. So please, folks, uh, what, I, you can go to what, Amazon.com, I guess? And That's right. Okay. Yeah. Or your local just, bookstore. Or your local bookstore. Okay. God bless both of you. Thank you. And uh, uh, Professor Gates, always good to talk and with you. And, and just keep up the great work. I really love you, appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Take care. Thanks, Andy. Right. Thank you so much. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Kern. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.